Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. I'm Cash. And I'm Lauren. Hello. Hello. I feel like, I know we always say this, but I feel like it's been so long. It's literally been, it's been so long. Well, we've had, again some hiccups lauren <sighs> lauren caught the vid she is currently covid positive as we speak and it's like never fucking ending like i was so sick and then i started to feel better and i went i went to work because i didn't i had two oh, negative you were, you were tests. negative yeah yeah, yeah that's right. i had two negative tests so i was like i i have to go to work like i gotta work and then I come home and I'm like, still not feeling good. And George Glass is like, can you pick up COVID tests? And I'm like, okay, whoopsies. We're both positive still. So whoops, I'm part of the and problem. This, <laughs> this COVID <laughs> strand is just so unique because oh it's very flu-like and the symptoms are ever changing. It's like you have flu and then it's kind of respiratory cough and then it turns mm-hmm. into an ear infection it's so weird then you shart it's just like <laughs> nobody knows what's gonna come next <laughs> but how are you feeling right now is the most um, important you know I, I feel okay but I do still have a cough and congestion uh, yeah and that will probably be there for five more years yeah you know but remember the first time I had COVID I had that issue where I couldn't swallow like and then my- we and yes. then I experienced it on this podcast on as we were podcast. podcasting. Yes. And then um, this round of COVID though, uh, cured me. I can swallow again. So congratulations to me. Whew. I mean, congratulations. Congratulations to me. So I'm recording from bed. If you can hear my air conditioner, tough titty. It's 91 degrees. I, well, and the worst part is the humidity. Yeah, the humidity is like 68. So 
It's wild. Well, do you want to tell everyone why we're here? What we're going to talk about? You guys, uh, we're here. We are going to fucking talk about Randall fucking Emmett and his money by Monday. He is a liar, a thief, and an alcoholic. Well, let's, so I I don't know how many of you guys are aware, but LA Times dropped this bombshell article about Randall Emmett, Mm -hmm. and it goes into so much detail really about the history of his, of these financial, alleged financial schemes, Yeah, the allegations of sexual misconduct, allegations of drug abuse. So we are going to go through and kind of pick apart the LA Times article for those of you that don't have time to read it or didn't get around to reading it. Or don't have a fucking dollar to give to the news. And it is very long. It took me, I want to say almost 45 minutes to an hour to read it. It, Yeah. I mean, it's earmarked for 56 to 71 minute read. Yes. Yeah. So So it, it, it is very, very long. And I really, I thought, okay, I'm going to read this and it's going to be what we already know. Right. But there, Mm -hmm. I, I felt like there were a couple moments where my jaw dropped. Mm -hmm. So I do too. Let's get into it. Really the article I found this. Okay. I found this to be very interesting. They start off the article about Bruce Willis. And did you get my voice memo? I sent you a couple days ago. No. I sent you a voice memo about Bruce Willis and Randall Emmett because I was you did. Yes, I was sitting on my couch and on Hulu, one of a Bruce Willis, Randall Emmett production popped up as like a Hulu pick or, you know, like recommended thriller. Uh And I thought to myself, how is it that Randall Emmett had secured Bruce Willis to be in his productions, like Mm -hmm. all of his movies, like he really is the face of his movies. And I sent you a voicemail and said, do you think because of Bruce Willis's mental, um, his decline? I can't remember. I aphasia. I always, aphasia. I want to call it alopecia. It's yeah. His aphasia, which in, which affects his cognitive function and his ability to speak and use words. I was like, do you think that his mental health was declining, and 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 Randall Emmett saw that and kind of took advantage of it. Yes. I can't believe you didn't get that voice memo. And as I was reading this first paragraph into the, this introduction, into the story, they talk about the fact that, you know, Randall Emmett gets pissed off. They're filming. What movie was it? Um, God, one of 200. One of some. Midnight in the Switchgrass. Yes. Midnight in the Switchgrass. They're filming it and they're wanting basically Bruce Willis to smash through this door and Bruce Willis physically cannot physically can't do it maybe is not understanding they don't really speculate it's just that he doesn't do it when Randall Emma wants to and Randall Emma gets all pissed off and then I'm assuming this is a quote this is a quote from Lala Kent that Randall Emma called her crying that Bruce Willis's you know cognitive decline was quite significant at that time during production oh my god I mean it's just like so it's just weird because a while ago, I, uh, George Glass was like, Hey, did you hear that? Like Bruce Willis is like, can't remember anything anymore. And he's like having trouble in his movies and like brought up Randall Emmett. And I was like, how do you know Lala Kent's man? You yeah. know, but mm-hmm. 
Um, so I remember hearing a little bit about this and being like, what is going on with Bruce Willis? Like, what is it? And, you know, like we found out in this thing, he has aphasia. I aphasia is a language disorder caused by damage in a specific area of the brain that controls language expression and comprehension. This is from hopkinsmedicine.org. Aphasia leaves a person unable to communicate effectively with others. Most people have it as a result of a stroke. So where like my mind goes is if you have a disorder where you can't think or comprehend or express yourself, then how are you working? How, how is it allowed that someone is forcing you to work? So that's part of the story that I found to be very interesting because they said within 15 months after filming Midnight in the Switchgrass, Emmett made five more movies with Willis. And so if, if, if Randall was recognizing this cognitive decline, is there some type of elder abuse? abuse Yes. No, this is abuse. Exploitation. I don't, and I'm, this I found to be so fascinating and I would love for more of the other producers, directors, EPs, whoever to come out and kind of give us more detail about, because we do later on in the article, get some information from the writers, but I want to know more about this because in the article, they say that it was really an open secret that Bruce Willis's mental health was declining, uh-huh. but I think that everyone was working with him and he wanted to work as best that he could or for as long as he could, but well, and like something that I found interesting was it says here, quote, um, a voice coming through the actor's earpiece, the actor meaning Bruce, coached him through his lines. A stunt coordinator gently attempted to guide him, yet take after take, Willis did not seem to understand, according to seven crew members who yeah. were present for the late yeah. night shoot. Emmett rose from behind the video monitor, mimed the actions, urging Willis to emulate him. And when the effort failed, the director left the set in frustration. So this is a man who literally is so not mentally present that someone's playing Simon Says basically from the other side of the camera. And like, that's unconscionable. Where is Demi Moore? Where is Rumor Willis? Yeah. So the reason why Bruce Willis, the reason why we're even talking about him, because really the story is about Randall Emmett. I think the reason why the author started with this is to gain an understanding of who is Randall Emmett. How did Randall Emmett come to be? And so Willis really, according to LA Times article, really propelled Randall Emmett's production company. It was Mm -hmm. called Emmett Furla Oasis. Uh Uh-huh into success and so it says that the 51 year old producer used the willis name and face to sell his films around the world since 2006 the actor had appeared in two dozen of the the firm's projects and the pace of the output heightened as willis's health declined for years emmett had flourished on the margins of hollywood producing films that featured cameos from big name stars like arnold schwarzenegger sylvester stallone and often went straight to dvd But by 2019, he was flirting with Hollywood glory. He had produced a couple of genuine blockbusters and was in line to claim an Academy Award as one of the producers on Martin Scorsese's Oscar contender, The Irishman. Irishman, sorry. He had easy access to private jets, friendly contacts as gossip site at gossip sites TMZ and Los Angeles Police Department officer who described himself as Emmett's business and security manager. 
A year later, the walls were closing in. So. I mean, clearly, to me, it feels black and white obvious. And like, this is just from reading one article, you know, based on my one article of research, like this man used a disabled person to propel his career. You know what he gives me? I'm seeing similarities is the girl that the Ponzi scheme in New York. Oh my God. Um, Anna Delvey. Anna, Anna Delvey. Delvey. Yeah. That is, that is what I'm getting here because he really, he networked, right? You're but he's so all poor. Yeah. He networked and he was able to invest. And at one point in the article, they talk about like you would kick Randall Emma was the type of person's like you kicked him out of the house he'd come through through a window you kicked him out through the window he'd come through the chimney like he was a rat a rodent an invasive invasive cancerous species Mm -hmm. who would just come back and he would get what he would want yeah like a little so yeah and so really the reason why LA Times is writing this article is because hundreds there's a few there are I wouldn't say hundreds there are multiple lawsuits against Mr. Emmett. Dozens. Dozens. Nearly. So according to the LA Times, and let me just tell you that LA Times did their research with this project. They are citing source after source after source. Like they came with the receipts. They have court documents. They have court documents, confidential documents, former NDAs. They Mm -hmm. have witness energy. They have receipts. They have hotel receipts. They've got text messages. Like everything has been so cross-referenced and confirmed that there's no way there's been text message from actual Randall Emmett, you know, that confirmed allegations of verbal abuse yeah or confirmation that he was in in unfaithful like it is so I thought this article was so well done so well I agree and I feel like if Emmett if Randall has anything to say about anything being untrue I welcome him to sit down with these two women from the LA Times like because honestly like I don't know what you could try to throw at the wall to make any of this seem better because at Mm -hmm. this point it seems like you're yeah. An offensive person. So to kick things off. So he is facing allegations or sorry, lawsuits relating for mounting debt, as well mm-hmm. as allegations of abuse against women, assistants and business partners. So he's accused of inappropriate behavior with women, including offering act acting work in exchange for sexual favors and of forcing assistants to conduct dangerous and illegal activity on his behalf. I will tell you that was one of the most, that was the darkest takeaway for me was the things that he made his assistants do. Mm -hmm. I agree. And of course, I think it's maybe the reason why I find it so dark is like, we were aware of the sexual misconduct. And I guess I'm not surprised in reading the article about this very Harvey Weinstein-esque behavior. I mean, I think we all kind of assume now that that's exactly what's going on behind every white man in Hollywood um I wouldn't go that far le- but it's a leather couch yeah but you know what I mean I mean come on yeah so he's facing really there we'll get to it later in the article with like the details of it but really 30 million dollars in outstanding debt that he owes people from investors yeah and he also has like multiple multiple um 
settlements for sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. that he has paid off. There was a judgment that was against him from the Writer Guild of America for the fact that he, I think he forgot to pay or didn't pay some of his writers for one of the movies. (laughs) But it's over half a million dollars. It's it's five hundred and forty-one thousand fucking dollars. Yeah. So of unpaid writers. Yeah. So I want to start just from the beginning of who is Mr. Randall Emmett? Where yeah. the fuck did he come from? Where did he, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you, where did where you come, did come from? from? Cotton 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 <laughs> so grew up in Miami, which I thought was interesting. Interesting and tracks. He is so <laughs> Miami. <laughs> that is hilarious. So he did you know he was a distant cousin? I to know Birkenheimer or whoever. I, Jerry I always, Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer. I always mess up that name. Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer and Oppenheimer. I'm like, are you guys the same? The same. They have yeah. to be related. Right? The Heimers. The Heimer group. So he got into acting at a very young age, went on to go to a really prestigious, I guess, school in Florida. Mm -hmm. And then he went to New York to become acting or went to an acting school where he became a producer. And he alleges that everyone was becoming directors, actors at the time. And he was really the only one that chose the producing route. Oh, Um, (laughs) so special. (laughs) So then he he moves to L.A. Mm Mm-hmm where he gets the coveted internship with his distant cousin, Brockheimer. Mm-hmm. And cousin baby. Yes. And that's why I was like, this makes sense. Yeah, I know. It's, this is what I'm saying is like this fucking nepotism and this, like, let's give bad people more jobs and. Or just give people not even, but like give people jobs who don't deserve it or are yeah. looking for it or, you know, the, But definitely not someone who's extorting women and making them suck dick for roles. You know what I mean? Like, let's skip over that guy. Well, I'm not sure he was exhibiting that behavior that early on. But (laughs) (laughs) so then eventually he becomes Mark Wahlberg's assistant. And I think we all know the story. Allegedly, he was the origin story or the, the role turtle from Entourage was loosely based on him. But this article, did you read this part? Is it the part with this trademark five o'clock shadow? No. Oh, okay. What part? (laughs) The part that they really contradict the fact that Turtle was based on him. Oh. That Turtle was based on uh, Randall Emmett. It was allegedly based on another one of Mark Wahlberg's assistants. I mean, there was a, there was a, there was a part of the story that said, with his relationship with Mark Wahlberg, where he would ask him to like body slam him. Oh no. So yes. So I actually just got to that part at age. So I'm going to read it at age 24. He Emmett got a job as Mark Wahlberg's assistant, a gig that became central to Emmett's origin story and the foundation of his career in the actor producer. He had in the actor producer, he had, a role model and a foil. I don't know what that means. In 2012, Wahlberg told the times that Emmett once challenged him to a wrestling match. And this is a quote from Wahlberg. I had to body slam him. And then he wanted it again. Like, okay. I feel like I'm sorry. I'm weird fetishy. Yeah. I was going to say that's so golden shower vibes. Like, yeah. He gets peed on. 
weird fetishes. Yeah. So anyways, he develops this relationship. I'm assuming networks with Mark Wahlberg that eventually mm-hmm. starts networking out, gets investments for like his first movie. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And his big, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just like, I have one interjection regarding Mark Wahlberg. Uh-huh. I feel like we've all as a society just glossed over the fact that he like racially profiled um, a black kid and beat him up like in the 90s. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a Filipino. It was a man of Asian descent. OK, and, OK. Yes. Yeah, very yes. bad. Brutally, brutally. brutally. I think he I would have I, I don't quote me on this, but I think there was some level of disfigurement or some type. of. Yes. Yeah. So was- let's just go on with this uh, that was at really the, bad. At the foundation of this man's career is trash. And then he continued to build trash. We will say, though, although that behavior is despicable, people should be afforded an opportunity at a second chance in life and should be able to. He was, I think, 17 or 16. Not that that's an excuse, but I'm just saying that. We stand with the victim. We stand with the victim. So anyways, the guy starts, Randall starts making money, bringing in money. He starts making movies in 2013. Did you know that he was a producer on Lone Survivor, that really big Mark Wahlberg Navy SEAL movie? No, I didn't. I had no idea. And so, well, and the other thing is like, he's getting his money from Dubai, like a lot of investment from Dubai. Yeah. And his movie career and the reason why his, I think, motive with producing, it's not to make quality product. His, his purpose for producing is to get big name actors like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert De Niro. Like in this article, they call him like the white men, like your classic, typical white men Mm -hmm. action figures Mm-hmm. And then promote and sell these movies into like the Middle East, Russia, Eastern Europe, where there's it's, a market for it. Yeah, it's like he's trying to make a quick buck. It's like it's scammy vibes, but scammy, like in yeah. a movie. Yeah. Well, and then it makes sense though because have you ever seen one of his movies? Uh, no. Oh my gosh, the production value is so low, and it, it makes sense in reading this article because they spend. Say they have a hundred million dollars for the budget. They're spending ninety million dollars on actors. on actors, and then the t- other ten millions to produce. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. Like this is this is bad. This is a bad man. Yeah. So, oh, anyways, that is how he gets this kind of early breakthrough within Hollywood, and he becomes somewhat of a name, I guess. Mm-hmm because people can trust him to get work done but he seems jump- like a clinger on he just gives me rat vibes like yeah. i think that quote from that guy i was like you kick him out the door he's gonna come through the window you kick him out the window he's gonna come through the chimney like that is exactly who he is and it's- he's lisa renna's kitchen rat yeah and it's evident with <laughs> the person that we've come to know and so i want to jump into the next header it's well i think it's really the was it the first no it's the second header it's called I'm not a creep. I promise. Okay. If you have to say you're not a creep, you're fucking creep. You're a creep. So, and the re- this, this quote comes from when he pulled up, I think, outside of a club and there was a girl there in his Rolls Royce and rolls down the window and says, I'm not a creep. I'm a prop or I'm not a creep. I promise. Google me. I'm a producer in Hollywood. Google me. 
We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. I mean, okay, but this is the part where he, um, where he's exposed on Instagram yeah. by the Nashville girlies. And, um, you know, I just, I feel like he's physically abusive. Well, so, and the reason why you're saying that is, so there's a part of the article that is kind of a bombshell with this whole Lala Randall situation. Mm -hmm. We learn in this article and through this article that when he comes back from Nashville, he's confronted by Lala. She asks for his phone. He says, no, she grabs it from him. And allegedly, according to Lala, he then tackled Lala from behind and grabbed the phone out of her hand. This was in a way somewhat contradicted by, I guess, their housekeeper who said- Their longtime nanny. Their longtime nanny who says, there, no, there was no physical, nothing physical happened except Randall went and grabbed the phone from Lala. This is the quote from Lala's declaration that she filed with the court because these two authors did their due diligence. Mm -hmm. Um, And it says, quote, this is from Lala. He ran after me, tackled me and knocked me to the ground. I used every ounce of strength to get him off of me as he was trying to pry it from my hands. That was when I knew for sure that there was a lot he was hiding. So. She's saying, you know, he's again, body slamming her. And I think that's kind of a callback, um, you know, to the whole Mark Wahlberg, like slam me again thing, you know? Yeah. And I guess Randall obviously adamantly denies this. um, But then they kind of go into this chronology of events of Randall, just like sliding into girls DMs, Mm -hmm. being somewhat predatorial and just sexually aggressive and assertive with women. Mm-hmm. And I thought the one, the most shocking, of course, we know him to be. Randall, Disgusting. Right? Yeah. The one though, where he just randomly messaged this woman mm-hmm. on Instagram mm-hmm. who was clearly in a relationship with a man, uh, her partner, her husband, yeah. whoever. And he says that he wants to um, have sex with her or like mm-hmm. hang out with her right and i think he was using the vanish mode or something yeah and he said he wanted to fuck on the dl do heroin and meth among other things my mouth dropped to hear somebody use heroin and meth, meth? i mean i mean like i kind of was like what a fucking idiot okay you guys just because I- it's the vanish <laughs> mode it like, can still be screenshotted. It could still be screenshotted. It can still be subpoenaed later. Like, this is not Signal. It's the Facebook app. Like, don't talk about doing heroin on Instagram. And also, don't do heroin and meth. Yeah. And don't 
don't aggressively solicit sex from women on Instagram. So I want to know like who, what kind of person, like what drives you to like, be like scrolling through Instagram, you see someone and then you go, let's fuck and do math. Somebody who's completely unstable. And yeah. so speaking of unstable, this is the part that was extremely concerning to me. So this woman on Instagram has no idea who mm-hmm. Randall Emmett is. They have mm-hmm. no connection whatsoever. They would have no way of having each other's contact information. It's only simply through Instagram. Yeah. So, and by the way, the LA times confirms this information based on receipts and screenshots of Im- images with a declaration that was provided a legal so, declaration, not, a legal just, declaration. not just her being like, I declare. No. Yeah. This is with a court. So, so this woman never responded to uh, Randall. So despite being unanswered, Randall DMs continued for two weeks. The woman said, then she received a string of similar WhatsApp messages from an unknown number. She then reached out to a friend who knew a Vanderpump Rules cast member and confirmed that the unknown number matched Randall's. She said she blocked his number. In quote, she says, I was shocked, concerned, and afraid because Randall is a stranger to me. The woman woman wrote of Randall's behavior in the court documents. His persistence, despite my never responding to a single message from him, is frightening. What the hell? I don't understand. I, I have so many questions. Like, I don't understand how you go from Instagram to WhatsApp without was... ever meeting someone. Like, yeah. you're a creep, dude. If this is... If this is true and he found a rando, found a way to get her phone number and continue to harass her, this is way more upsetting than just asking if someone wants to do drugs in vanish mode. Yeah. And so I'm assuming this woman has to be of some type of caliber, like has to have some type of presence on Instagram for Mm -hmm. them. Because they probably Randall knew somebody who a manager or an assistant that worked with this woman or. Right. And this girl knows people from Vanderpump Rules and she just so happened to show those people who this was. Well, a Las Vegas. She lived in Las Vegas. I'm assuming she reached out to Sheena. Oh, she she. Yeah, she did that. She did that whole residency. So. Wow. Yeah. And so then we switch over in the LA Times article to the next header, which is offers of payment. This is chilling. So this goes into the allegations of basically Randall providing payment to women to silence them Mm -hmm. for his transgressions. By paying them to enter non-disclosure agreements, which by the way, invalidates the non-disclosure agreement. Yes. And so from the LA Times article, it states Emmett paid women to sign non-disclosure agreements or NDAs requiring them to keep mom about his intimate relationships. He tried to even get Kent to sign one early in the relationship. His ex-fiance told the times. Mm -hmm. So I guess when she was coming back to Vanderpump rules, I think this was after there were the initial rumors about her having, sex with a married man, the Range Mm -hmm. Rover. It's when she came back and Randall wasn't a part of the season. He tried getting Lala to sign a $14,000 or sign a non-disclosure agreement in exchange for $14,000 for her not to talk about their relationship on camera. Can I say though, if I, if I put a wiener in my mouth and got a Range Rover, there's no way I would accept 14 grand for a signature. Like there's no way. Sorry, if my wee-wee sucking is good enough for a car, 
my silence is better than 14 grand. So I want more information about this because Lala was open about the fact that she went and talked to the attorney Mm -hmm. to meet with one of his attorneys and who, I guess the same attorney had represented Stormy Daniels against the battle with Donald Trump. And so Lala then brought her mother, Lisa Burningham, to mm-hmm. the attorney's uh, office. Which I can understand because she's, yeah, you know, a waitress at this point. Yeah. You know. And Lala did the baller move that probably most of us would have done. And she said, I'm done. This is it. And sh- they left the office. Mm-hmm. Never and, give up your leverage, ladies. And the mom said it. I actually I think the mom's the one that mm-hmm. said we're done. It wasn't yeah. Lala and said, we're out of here. This is it. Mm-hmm. And so then they eventually, obviously, we know they eventually got back together and she had a child with Mr. Emmett. Mm-hmm. And then we obviously got the whole situation with um, the Nashville girls. Mm-hmm. But I think there were there was other evidence, right? There was another, there was another, oh, that's right. Wait, there was a girl in Florida. So this is really interesting. So, so after the alleged infidelity breaks, right. In October, 21, 2021 about the girl in Nashville, the LA times article said that Kent said she was suddenly bombarded with messages from other several individuals that claimed a Florida model had been having an affair with Emmett. So Kent checked out the Florida model's social accounts. When the woman noticed that Kent had viewed her Instagram story, she called Emmett on November 28th and recorded the conversation without his knowledge. The Times reviewed the recording in which the woman fretted that Kent obviously had a lot of details if she knows my Instagram account. In quotes, Emmett, Uh I keep calling him Emmett now because that's how they're referring to him in the article. Randall said, there's no evidence of us ever having hooked up, end quotes. I want you to say, if she ever tries to get to you, you say, hey, I dated. And then in brackets, it they blocked out the assistant's name, but it says his assistant, end quotes. Yeah. And then obviously this girl being, knowing that they're kind of public figures, tries to sell the story, right? Which. I mean, honestly, I don't blame you. Like if you're going to come into my DMs and you're going to be like, help me destroy my family. I'm going to be like, sure. For 25,000. Yeah. And so, but then I guess he randomly just Venmoed her three grand. Yeah. And I, 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 this is, I, this is behavior of somebody who's obviously unhinged. A manipulative. But it's just Harvey, it's Harvey Weinstein behavior 101 of, I have money. I can just write a $10,000 check. The person will be fine and happy with it and they'll go away. But I think it's, it's, important to realize that like if if somebody is sending three thousand dollar checks or ten thousand dollar checks or whatever like if you're not the average american and you're actually a rich person or even upper middle class like 10 grand is really not that big of a deal three grand is like maybe rent you know like yeah or your mortgage and all your utilities so oh you know a in theory, for Rand, who's making movies with Bruce Willis, Venmoing some random girl from Florida three grand shouldn't really make an impact to him financially, which is why I'm like, you clearly are preying on people who are it's, 
weaker than you of a lower financially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's inculpatory to me. You're looking yes. at like, how do you defend that? How do you, you, so you're just telling me you, you randomly Venmo girls, $2,700, $2,500, yeah. $3,000. And with that money around the same time, coincidentally, there's also a non-disclosure agreement. That's exactly. Something. Exactly. And also Venmo, come on, use Zelle or something. Venmo public, <laughs> you piece of trash. I think he Venmoed her. I swear it said he Venmoed her. Maybe he just said sent. Maybe I'm using. It says sent, but we're going to say Venmo just Venmo, because okay. we hate him. Okay. So now moving on to what I found to be the most damning part of this entire story. It is the header called the Tasmanian devil. Mm-hmm. And it really goes into Randall's, the way Randall ran his business and how he treated his employees. Yeah. Basically, he treated his employees like slaves. Dude, I found his Venmo. (laughs) Should we Venmo him? Five bucks. Save for attorney's fees. No, don't, 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 don't. Because it's your name. It's allegedly Bravo's name. I don't want to get wrapped up in that. (laughs) (laughs) Give us five (laughs) dollars. What? Give us five (laughs) dollars. No, you should Venmo him five dollars for his future attorney's fees. Yeah, attorney fee donation. No, we don't want to. That's not the criminal fund we want to. No, it's not, but it's actually fun to go through all of these names. There's a lot of hot girls on here. Claire, Courtney, Dana. Yeah. What are dates, dates, dates? There's no dates. Oh. Yeah. Eric Weinstein. (gasps) I wonder if there's any relation. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Wow, this is so fun. I love Venmo. I it is love crazy. Venmo. It is How has he not learned to put it on private? Because he's an idiot. Yeah, I know. Well, okay. So going back to Randall we and the way, about. Yeah. yeah, Randall and just the way that he was running and operating his business mm-hmm. and the way really he was treating his employees. So th- I invite everyone really to go back and read this portion of the article because it is very detailed. But I want to talk about something that was the most concerning to me is when he sent his um he sent his assistant or an intern mm-hmm. Martin 
G. Blay, I think is how you pronounce his name, Martin G. Blay. He was an employee of EFO. Mm-hmm. And Emmett, oh my God, I hate that I keep calling him Emmett. I know. I hate that they Randall, did this to us. So Randall, I guess Randall was in Puerto Rico. Randall texted Martin and said, Hey, I need, I want my poker table and my poker chips to be sent out to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So Martin, being the great employee that he is. Yeah. Employee oh, it says month. he was an intern. It says he is, was an intern. Called FedEx Freight and put tw- $1,250 of a pr- on for the charge onto his personal card. His this was, intern? Yes. It was confirmed that he was reimbursed. Okay. Well, still. So it says the former assistant said he then hopped on a flight to Puerto Rico to set up the table. Shortly after his arrival, Randall sent him and another assistant to his $1,300 a night suite at the Dorado Beach Ritz-Carlton to retrieve an item from the room safe. When the combination didn't work, Martin said he summoned the hotel staff. In quotes, a security team comes in and they open the safe and then they all just turn away. (gasps) Martin said, I look in and see a big bag of cocaine. Martin was petrified by the prospect of being caught with drugs. In yeah. quotes, he said, I was in shock and in disbelief, noting that as a black man, he felt he was being put in an unacceptable, risky situation. Yes. He had a 30 minute car ride no. where he was constantly paranoid about getting pulled over by cops. So when at first I read, okay, he wants him to, I was thinking like Randall's downstairs in the hotel lobby, grab my extra chips go upstairs grab from the safe come down the yeah. fact that he was making his interns transport large quantities of drugs a black man any yes any, any man any, any person yeah. any person is making them and and martin said that night he said that the drugs looked bricked up like they were off of a cocaine kilo wow i've never seen a cocaine kilo i've never i've only been offered to do cocaine one time and it wasn't the vibe and no one else has ever offered me to do cocaine and i cannot believe that people just have it it freaks me out and it really yeah i i think we've told that story before when i was at a party and i was with a bunch of people i won't say their careers because probably not for the best uh-huh um and they asked me if i wanted to hit the slopes and i was like you guys planning a trip to snowboard yeah i'd love to go I was like, I would love to go. I've been looking to get outside recently. And I was in law school and I walk into the kitchen and there was just a bunch of cocaine on the counter. And I remember I walked outside. I was dating this guy at the time. And I said, I'm out. I was like, I can't be, I was like, I've never been around drugs. Like, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I don't hang out with people. I don't hang out with people like this, especially people that are working professionals that should not be doing drugs. Yeah. It's. I have a hard time with, and that's the only time I've ever been or offered cocaine and I will never do it in my entire life. Yeah. I'm not saying never, I would love to try it once, but I've never been offered. It just, it, I don't, the presence of it really scared me. I was really one of those dare girls, you know, in middle school, <laughs> I was, I mean, I won the dare essay. Stop. We are grade. so, we're so different. I'm like, does anyone want to offer me cocaine? <laughs> anyone you're like dare no (laughs) I won I won the dare essay for anti-smoking like to not smoke cigarettes have you ever smoked a cigarette yeah I mean 
and I use the term use smoke lightly. I don't think I inhaled anything. And one time I was trying to be really cool. And they're like, you didn't even inhale. I was like, I did. <laughs> but know? I did, but I did. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I definitely, I definitely won that dare essay. Um, I think it just scared me. I mean, of course I've smoked marijuana. I've been open about that, but I mean, yeah. I don't do it now or haven't in probably almost a year and a half now, but I, and it's legal. So yeah, it's just, it's the hard drugs are scary. Anyways. What? Wow. What is was fun though? I recommend. Yes. And I've read actually listened to a lot of podcasts on the benefits of psychedelics and also yeah. in treating trauma and PTSD. Mm-hmm. I really do think that after I did mushrooms, I literally, and I can't explain it. I physically felt love in a way that I'd never understood it before. And, um, it really changed my life. Everyone, a lot of people say that. So anyway, he was doing crack cocaine. Yes. So he was doing drugs and that, that part was, that part was difficult, um, difficult for me. Uh And so then we need to talk about the ice cream cookie sandwich. So that's what I want to get to you. Okay. You get to that because there's this article. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, you guys. I'm trying to parse through this as I as we're talking. I mean, I read it, but I'm just yeah. trying to find the actual quotes that are relevant. Um, okay, so talk so- about the ice cream cookie because I I have this other part I want to talk about. Okay, so the same assistant who had to be the drug mule, unconsensual drug mule, says that he was 26 years old. Excuse me, he was 26 years old. He was just trying to you know, get a few movie creds. However, he said that in 2018, when Emmett's 20, Emmett, when Randall's 2018 Rolls Royce got stolen, (laughs) yeah. even though Emmett had instructed Martin, Martin to park the car on Mulholland drive rather than in his driveway, according to text messages. So Emmett told Martin, go park my car on Mulholland don't park it in the driveway. Anyone who's ever been on Mulholland Drive. It's massive and so busy. It's so windy. It's so busy. Like it's, it's not where you'd park your car to not get stolen, basically. Um, so then he said he got blamed when um, his fish died. Uh, Just all this crazy stuff. Just crazy. all this crazy stuff. And, and this is a quote from Rand to Martin. Quote. Don't care. I told you to get the doctor and now my fish is dead. Now I have a story about killing fish. Once I was babysitting a fish tank when I was growing up and it was like a big saltwater fish tank and it had eels and a puffer fish, like all kinds of shit. And the fish got sick. And I was like, I, we need to call the doctor. Like the fish doesn't look good. Like the eels look bad. And I was a kid at the time. So I, my mom came over to our neighbor's house and she's like, no, I think that's just how eels look. And I was like, I don't know. And then we came back the next day. Eels were totally belly up, floating on top of the fish tank. My, My mother plucked it out, put it in a Ziploc baggie and put it in the freezer so that the woman could come home and properly bury it. We'll be back after a quick break. 
Were you team Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Britney or Christina? Simple Life or Newlyweds? With When They Popped, you don't have to pick a side because we're going to mention it all. When They Popped retells the stories of the late 90s and early 2000s biggest celebrities, trends, and phenomena like boy band mania, celebrity-based reality TV, and the rise of famous for being famous socialites. We'll unpack their rise to fame and uncover some facts you may have not known along the way. So throw up your away message and throw it back with us with When They Popped. Available wherever you stream your podcasts. so gross fish tanks and bird cages are weird those two types of pets yeah it's really concerning to me that's like that's seriously like locking your dog in a cage for its entire life yeah i mean birds are meant to fly and fish are meant to like a bird oh my god sorry okay and then do you want to and then he got chewed out right oh i'm sorry sorry yes yes so then martin got chewed out for buying Rand, his favorite treat, which I think we can all agree on, oh my is God. the Toll House, Toll House ice cream cookie sandwich. Which makes sense with the double chin. Makes sense to double chin. And apparently, so Martin bought in bulk from Costco because, like, he's a financially responsible king. However, Randall lost his fucking shit because he didn't because Martin didn't buy the ice cream sandwich from the convenience store next door and so it wasn't fresh that's psycho behavior that's okay. psychotic men i'm talking to you stop getting so weirdly mad over food i mean there's, it's there's too tough. it's too much this week that we're hearing about people being mad over food and like you need to stop <laughs> So this, the next story is what I found to be crazy. Okay. The second, second in line to the the cocaine. So Randall reaches out to Martin and says, Hey, I want to plan a gorgeous romantic stay at the Beverly Hills hotel for me and uh, for me and Lala. And so he asked Martin to decorate the hotel suite. So here's Martin just being the king that he is, runs and rushes over to a Melrose Avenue florist and spends $350 for two bags of rose petals. And then we're, let's assume he's putting that on his debit card. Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes over to the guest services, um, a guest services manager let Martin into the room. A second assistant observed Martin engage in this behavior or engage in this whole decoration, right? And he sprinkled mm-hmm. the rose petals in the room and he wrote out Lala on the bed. Mm-hmm. So then he goes down to the concierge like a normal person would. If you uh-huh. are going to see your boss, you drop the key off at the concierge. Mm-hmm. And he goes home. But right. when Randall arrived at the hotel restaurant for a candlelit dinner with Lala, he texts Martin demanding the room key. Martin replied that it was with the front desk. In quotes, it says, I can't go to the front desk, end quotes. Martin headed back to the hotel, where then staff members told him that Randall needed to physically provide his credit card after he relayed this information to Randall. The pr- Randall responded, in quotes, stop, dude, my credit card is, or my card is max, end quotes. And then it says again, handle it, in quotes. 40 minutes later. Off two minutes. Sorry. What? Fofty. <laughs> Forty minutes later, Randall asked. Um, Randall asked Martin, "Where is the key?" Mm-hmm. Fearing that he might lose his job, he tried to charge the twelve more than twelve hundred dollars a night onto his debit card. 
His bank obviously rejects the transaction because who has $1,200 when you're an assistant working when in When you're LA? trying to start your career by yeah. being a fucking intern. So Martin calls his mom and begs her for money. His mother said she was so rattled by the car because, sorry, rattled by the call because it was nearly midnight in Rhode Island, but she quickly transfers the money into her son's account because she feared he was in some kind of danger. The LA Times was able to review a copy of the debit charge rejection and the hotel invoice to confirm this. I mean, these women came with receipts. So, and then... Randall said, uh, well, a source close to Randall said that Martin knew he always had the option to contact George Furla, who was a co-name partner, yes, of the firm, to cover expenses, including Randall's personal ones. Apparently, Martin did not use this option. Okay, so let's fucking victim blame this poor man who had to wake his mom up on the other side of the country in the middle of the night because he thought he was going to get fired. But I would also, I want to know, why is the company paying for his personal expenses it shouldn't pay for his personal expenses yeah and also if you're gonna expect your assistants and interns and all of that to be running errands for you with that that costs money it is so insanely rude to expect them to front that money it's you need to give them a credit card or you need to do it your fucking self yeah, and I don't even think you're able to book a hotel on a debit card. I think right? if you, I think, well, I only have a debit card and I booked hotels. Oh, I thought you had to have a credit card. Um. So anyways, Martin, our, our favorite, favorite man, who I yeah. hope they set up a GoFundMe because there was also mention of his parents, the roof of his family home being ripped off during the hurricane and how he had reached out to the company to reimburse him for the trip or reimburse him for the expenses. So I just hope that Martin is made whole and he has found a better job and he gets a greater opportunity in Hollywood than what Mm -hmm. he experienced with Mr. Randall. Yeah. So the rest of the article is really about the finances. Uh It talks about investors and the clashes over money and and it goes into also the detail about how expensive these actors are that they hire. Yeah. Did you guys know that Bruce Willis's fee is $2 million a day? So you mean to tell me that the man who doesn't know what's up and what's down is getting paid? And God well, not anymore. Him. He's re- he's retired. I know yeah, you're, being very, be. you're I, being very mean to Bruce Willis. I'm not trying to be mean to Bruce Willis. I'm trying to be mean to Randall, but it might be coming off that way because I'm sick. Yeah, no, it is. It's coming off like you're yelling at Bruce. <laughs> you, sorry, you, Bruce. at one point, in, in one point of the podcast, you said, Demi, where are you? Where are you, Rumor? though? <laughs> Rumor, I need a sit down. <laughs> Get Oprah. So really, they talk about how he was investing or how he had investors. He had Meadow Williams, who was an actress. She inherited some ridiculous amount of money from her ex-husband who passed away. 800 million and she was one of his like number one investors and what she would do is say hey here's money but give me a role and give my boyfriend a role and at one point he was working on a film with al pacino and this meta williams chick and al pacino was like what's going on this mm-hmm. movie sucks like get it together yeah <laughs> and so then we get into really the clash over the money of him owing people a lot a lot of money so for example on march 9 march 9 2019 emmett and furlough received an email from a key financier with the subject line debts 
In the email, the British executive wrote that the EFO, that EFO owed a total of 8250000 plus interest. This is a serious amount of capital. I get calls every day from my investors on most of them, uh, on most of these loans. What's the plan? End quotes. And a person close to the matter said much of the loans had been repaid. So, and then there was another email where there were allegations from October 2019, where an email warned that Randall risked sending, warned, sorry, that uh, he owed $30 million in principal alone. What the fuck, dude? And so it says that Randall met with the financiers and a person close to Randall said the firm currently owes about $17 million in a principal loan. Yeah. And I'm it, so glad that Lala didn't marry him. Yeah. So, and at one point he was, I think, writing and producing this series called Pump that was about Arnold Schwarzenegger and his time on Venice Beach. And there was a description or there was this the summary in this article about how he sat down with the writers and the writers, I guess, were under the impression that he had already secured Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a producer on the, on the series. Mm -hmm. And after, I guess, Emmett or after Randall heard the pilot episode or whatever, you know, the script, Mm -hmm. he got really excited and said, Oh, I'm hoping we can, you know, we're able to get Arnold on this. Now we can get Arnold on board. And they were all shocked. And so it's another example of him just leading this life of just perpetual lies and just, it's very Tom Girardi, like mm-hmm. robbing pay, Peter, robbing to, pay Peter Paul. to pay Paul. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And so, and it's like, you know, and he, I, yeah, he's not, he doesn't treat people below him or in positions of a lower caliber than him kindly. And so I think, and he also takes people takes advantage of people and he's taking advantage of all these writers who are under the presumption that they were writing an awesome script for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, and meanwhile, all of these people who are working for him and getting fucked are the people who are like, uh, okay, well, I guess I'll put the cereal back because I got to buy the red meat and groceries are expensive. Yeah. You know, where me and they're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Haven't been paid. Haven't been paid. And meanwhile, Rand's over here gallivanting around, sliding into people's DMs, robbing Peter to pay Paul, forcing these poor people to put money on their credit card. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is. And so, and another part that I found fascinating was the fact that he has $336,000 in unpaid rent for his Wilshire Boulevard rental property that he uses as commercial space. How does that how does that work? I'm I don't understand. COVID. I would assume because of COVID, there was the rent moratorium. Yeah. And I understand for the people who genuinely could not afford to pay rent. Yeah. But on a second home, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So that is really where we're at with Mr. Mr. Emmett. And I would be intrigued to see if we are going to get some type of a rebuttal. Are we going to get him? Because did you ever watch the interview he did with Gigi from Glumessa from Shaw's Sunset? No. It was two toxic human beings just lying to each other's faces and like spewing bullshit out of their mouths to make each other feel better. Wow. So political. And so I'm fascinated to see maybe he'll go back on Gigi's podcast to like set the record straight. Are we going to get some type of 60 minute interview or a, you know, a today show interview where he contradicts these claims? Because it sounds like his, his spokesperson tried to do that in this article, but 
there's just so much proof. Well, you know, instead of farming this responsibility out, I would like to invite Randall Emmett onto our podcast. I mean, I would love to get to the bottom of this. I would love to ask him questions. And who better than two legal girlies, right? Who just want to know. Yeah. And who just want to know and also want to know, like, how did he get back into this rental space, the commercial space that he abandoned and hasn't paid rent for? How is he back in that commercial space? And how is it that he is just wrapping up production on a movie called Cash Out with uh, John Travolta? How? How? How are people still believing him? Like, is this his demise? Is this article his demise? Oh, yeah. Or are we already seeing it? Has he already lived through it this past year? There was a part of this article that made me actually sick to my stomach. And it was like describing how Randall had like his own like five o'clock shadow, like known for his five o'clock shadow. I was like, ew, (laughs) that's not five o'clock shadow. That's like trying to define a neck beard and failing. Yeah. And I want to actually pull up a photo of what he looked like when he, he was younger. This is the quote. It describes him as. This is so nice of the authors, by the way, with his trademark five o'clock shadow, black t-shirt, cargo shorts, and white shell toe Adidas sneakers. Emmett has worked overtime to hone his image as a Hollywood tough guy, a wheeler dealer, a high stakes poker player who beats the house. Listen, Linda, I'm so sick and tired of these mediocre men thinking that they're cool because they play poker. And it goes back to our Dan Bilzerian episode. Like, yes. does he really play poker? And you like, know? I don't care. Cool. You play poker. I have, I have a deck of cards. <laughs> it makes me feel like uh, Danny De Niro or whatever his name is when he's like, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the greatest quotes of all time. I know. I know. It really is. Really bring it a full circle with a Robert De Niro, you know, and him yeah. being in some of Randall Emmett's movies. And all the all roads lead to Bravo. Yes. And speaking of that, now after reading this article, does it make sense why Randall and Jack set it off? It makes so much sense. And also, as I was reading this article, I had a trigger memory of remember when, um, okay, I'm trying to think back. It was... Who was going to propose, but it was a wedding weekend. And so they didn't want to. Was it, it White was Kanye? Brock. Oh, no, it was Brock and Shishu. Okay. So oh, yeah. remember when Brock and Lala and Rand all sat down and Brock was like, and I want to make it like a movie premiere and we're going to have uh-huh. the background and all this stuff. And then Rand was like, his eyes were like, well, I'm not paying for this. You know? And Lala was like, well, why would you expect us to pay for this? And I wanted to be like, Now I want to be like, he couldn't even pay for it. That's the thing. Like at the end of the day, Brock and Shishu are of a higher caliber. Well, and it makes sense though, why Randall then finally buckled and appeared on Vanderpump because he He was was a stream. It was a stream of income and he was Mm -hmm. trying to make himself relevant again. Yeah. And I just, I don't know how you bounce back from this. Listen, I think you need to, Rand, you need to sit down. You need to give a one-on-one or a one-on-two and just, you need to spread them cheeks and bear it off. 
Yeah. And you know what this has taught me or what I've taken away from this is I want Lala Kent to now become just a mogul, Uh a full-blown mogul with her makeup and her baby brand. I hope she just completely surpasses this man Mm -hmm. and just becomes this amazing, for lack of a better word, boss bitch. Boss bitch. Like, yeah, give them Lala. Give them Lala. I'm proud of Lala, but I'm kind of bummed about it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I was going to say, well, that's, that's our episode. That is our episode. Do you have a criminal behavior? I'm sure I do. Okay. So, oh, yes, I fucking do have a criminal behavior because I will have all of you know that my car was stolen out of my front yard. What? A month and a half ago, almost two months yeah, ago. To, yeah. So finally today I get a phone call. It's been almost two fucking months, right? I'm COVID positive stuck in the house. I get a phone call. The guy's all, Hey, your car's ready. Yes. I'm so fucking excited. Thank you. How do we get it? Drop it off. X, Y, Z. He goes, can you come get it today? I said, no, I can't. I can maybe get it Saturday. I got to figure it out because I'm COVID positive and it feels rude to walk into your establishment. Yeah. This man goes, well, you know, honestly, we really do want to try to get this out of here. I was like, okay, well, it's been almost two months. So I think it can wait a couple days. He's willing to risk his coworkers and his own health to have me come pick it up because he doesn't want my car there anymore. And it's like, listen, nobody wants this car back more than me. I prom besides maybe George Glass. So my criminal behavior is the supply chain. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's my, yours? my criminal behavior is, you know, in these days leading up to not working, yeah. you know, today was my last day at work. I've really Congrats. spent a lot of time on the gram. And what I've realized is something that I find to be very annoying and criminal is when you have friends, mutual friends on Instagram who choose to almost act like a micro influencer with the way they post what do you mean? Oh my God. Tell me like post on their Instagram stories where it's just like daily life updates all yes. of the time. And I just, I'm fascinated by it, I guess, because why, why do you feel the need to tell, you know, 1200 or how many followers you have it, You're only doing it for attention. Yeah. like it, It's weird. And you know who I'm talking about. I'll tell you offline. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where it, they take always take a political stance, like anything. Like there's always it's like McDonald's drive-through breakfast on the way to work that you're sneaking paying in cash does not need to be a political statement. Yeah, it and needs then, to be a secret. And then like working out, and then just everything, and also the exploitation of other people's stories. Well, you know, like. I get where you're going with this. Yeah. They're like exploitation and just like telling other people's stories through your Instagram. Stop. As we're, people... si- as we're sitting here telling Randall Evans. No, no, story. no. That's different. He's a, <laughs> no, no, no. He's a public. He's that's a public. So true. Yes. Yes. He's yes. a public person. Agreed. I'm talking about on a None of this Instagram. applies to us. 
even when you're you're like posting photos of somebody's baby shower or I don't know I don't know I don't I even know if that makes sense like no it and makes I sense. guess I'm, I'm talking about from a perspective of somebody who doesn't really have a lot of I don't really use my my personal Instagram account a lot mm-hmm. and 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 I also think it's really odd when people post stories about people who aren't on Instagram yeah you know like you're not tagging them it's not like it's a mutual thing where you're sharing the story back and forth or it feels like you don't like the exploitation and I agree and and it's there's a line like I remember I was following um a person who posted a picture of their themselves holding the hand of their grandmother who just passed away yes yes yeah yeah and I was like okay what the fuck like as someone who's and listen I'm grieving right now I just lost my grandmother yes if I posted her dead hand on Instagram she would haunt the fuck out of me yeah and that brings me to my like another thing that bothers me yeah stop posting photos of your children as toddlers without clothing on I can't I don't I get how how cute is bath time it's so it's so adorable get it off the internet but I had a I know somebody they were down in San Diego on a trip and the kids were on the beach I think their daughter's like four or five and she's running around I mean as you do when you're a kid like you take your top off or you take your pants off and you I mean coming from the child who used to mow the lawn naked yeah. You know, when I was a toddler in my Ugg boots. Yeah. But a toddler to, mowing the lot. But to post that and to see the, the chest area exposed, it is so alarming to me that parents are okay doing that. The thing about it is like it's weird. And it's it's the fact that like I get it. I get that you as a parent, your kid is the fucking cutest so cute. thing you've ever seen. And we agree. It's yes. very cute. And the problem is, it's not just us that agree. It's every pervert on yes. the internet. And that's the problem. It's not that we're like, don't post your baby, you mom. It's like, no, protect your children because the internet is disgusting. Look at Josh Duggar. Yeah, it's like, take the photo and keep that photo for yourself. Frame Put it, it in or your take baby, book. baby book. But if you want to post a photo, you post a photo of your kid with a t-shirt on. Or pants. There are, there like, are so many. Pants. I agree. I agree. I, it, it, and I don't, I never want to be that person that just messages someone and says, Hey, like during my time as just like working at the DA's office, you know, there are so many children that are exploited on the internet where photographs are taken and then they're sold on the black market and your kid could be and, on and child you have no websites fucking and idea. no idea. And, and, and you don't want to be that person that just is like constantly dark and telling the evil side of life, but it's like protect your children at all costs and do your best. Don't put them on Instagram when they're naked. Don't do it. Stop exploiting your family. Stop exploiting your grandpa who's dying in the hospital because it makes you look likable. And then, and because you want the message to be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's like, listen, listen, listen. My first legal job was the sexual assault and child abuse section of the district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. The shit I saw, read, and heard 
is yep. steel trap locked in my brain and I yep. will never tell you guys anything about it. Yeah. And that should tell you everything you need to know about why your child should not be naked on Instagram. And even if you think, oh, I'm, I only have, you know, 500 followers of people that I went to high school with or college it with. It doesn't matter. You don't know those people. You do you not don't. know what people do behind closed doors. You have no idea. I mean, look at, again, Josh Duggar, somebody Josh who is Duggar. living a life of I'm a, a Christian, Christian man yeah. who is a family man who is, loves his children, loves his family. Grew up on TV. Secret Boom. child porn addiction. Yeah. Perfect. Sandwich man. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Subway guy. It's like, so, and you guys like, yeah, it's wrong, but there are bad people out there. Every, yeah. And you have to, it's your job as a parent to protect your child. Yeah. And that <laughs> means unfortunately not being ignorant to the fact that there are perverts on Instagram. Yes. And screenshots are real. Screenshots are real. Video recording, screen recording is real. I do that all the time. I can't tell you how many screen are probably our entire oh. text thread is probably all screenshots of screen recording screen and TikToks. Recording. And also video manipulation, like yeah. AI, being able to put your child's face onto another figure and then it be manipulated. Like there's so, I think, and maybe you and I are jaded because of our experience, but well, I just want it to be like a PSA really rather than a criminal behavior of just like really protect your kids and- Send those photos. If you are just like dying to send those photos, send it in a text message to your mom and dad or send it into yes. a text message to your mom and your sister. And honestly, like, I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but it's very clear that privacy is going out the window. Let's not trust Mark Zuckerberg with our personal family photos. Oh and my God. You need to get signal. And that's how I know. you're sharing your pictures. You yeah. need to get signal. You need an encrypted messaging service and that's the end of the story so interesting have you ever so with the new apple update on the phone Uh so if you go into your photos and then there's you know the share uh there's the share button the like button there's an eye with like the sparkles and then the trash can if you click on the eye it says like i'm looking at a photo of grizz my dog and it will say look up dog like it is reading the photograph it's creepy and if it is writing the photograph and so if you have photos of your child or if you have naked photos that you take of yourself you don't okay look at look at what it just did it said look up dogs so it will say look up dog and i click on dog and it's pulling up breeds of dogs that look like my dog no that is your dog for real from from the yeah right here no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it looks just like your dog. Well, it's like if you go into your photos and you search Brazier, okay? Yeah. Brazier. Every one of my before photos and none of my after because none exist are all on here. Let me see. This one's funny, though. Look at this bra that's made of fried eggs. <laughs> so if you type in breast, will it come up? I don't know. I've only tried Brazier. Brazier. Okay. 14 photos. Yeah. 14 photos. And I bet they're all you in your bathing suit. This one makes me laugh. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm thinking about. Okay. 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 Okay, You guys, we gotta go. We gotta go. Okay. Bye bye. you guys. Bye, Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.